in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. Hundreds of Texas prisoners could be moving to other facilities across the state after a fire in Huntsville, a historic prison north of Houston. Thanks for being with us. I'm Daniel Muddy. And I'm Jennifer Sanders, and it's leaving inmates in limbo and their families waiting for answers. Our Ryan Chandler has the latest from Huntsville. The fire broke out at the Walls unit in Huntsville just before 2.30 this morning. We've fought several fires in the prison units over the years. We've had some pretty bad ones. TDCJ evacuated more than 650 inmates, their families struggling to find out about their loved ones throughout the day. I became really upset. Um, really worried. Daisy Mejia is waiting to hear from her husband, one of the 1,600 people in custody behind the walls. It took a while for it to sink in because, you know, who would expect a fire? Just waiting? Really? That's all we can do. The fire broke out in the attic, damaging the western wing and staff areas in the 174-year-old complex. TDCJ says all inmates are accounted for but their next steps still uncertain. They're still here, they're in a secure location inside of this facility. Um, and if they need to be transferred throughout the state, then we are prepared to do so. The state is planning to move about 400 inmates to other facilities across the state, but how exactly that process will play out and the timeline isn't clear yet. Leaving Daisy and other relatives of those inside waiting to find out what happens next. We have to look uh, the good news, the positive news, nobody was hurt and thank God for that. So that really is the most important. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. And the fire burned just before the Texas Board of Criminal Justice held a public meeting this morning. And among their considerations for next year's budget, additional air conditioning. Officials say they're dedicating $85.7 million to cool an additional 11,000 beds. That will bring the total inmate population living in air conditioning to about 53,000 out of almost 130,000. Uh, going in depth, this comes as nearly 200 people have died while incarcerated inside Texas correctional facilities since June 1st. We've analyzed 135 reports involving deaths in TDCJ prisons, and the majority of which are not air-conditioned, amid concerns that this summer's extreme heat may be exacerbating or triggering medical issues. Custodial death reports from the Texas Attorney General's office show at least 51 people appear to have died after a sudden and unforeseen medical distress in the last two and a half months. 11 of, 11 of them died of cardiac arrest or heart failure. In 38 cases, the cause of death is unknown or pending autopsy results. Crews are battling a large fire at an oil refinery in Louisiana and take a look at the size of the flames and the billowing clouds of smoke. The fire is in a storage tank and the chemical burning is naphtha. Now that's a flammable liquid hydrocarbon mixture and people living within a mile of the Garyville facility 40 miles west of New Orleans have had to temporarily evacuate as a precaution. Now the flames aren't spreading and no one has been hurt and crews are closely monitoring the air quality there. And also in Louisiana, Louisiana along the Texas border, Governor Greg Abbott today announced that he has deployed 89 firefighters, paramedics, as well as emergency management personnel, along with emergency response resources to help combat the wildfires there. Now, one of the largest fires is in Beauregard Parish, and that's in Louisiana. It's called the Tiger Island Fire, and it's burned over 13,000 acres of land. 
Air following the severe storms out of Michigan as well. Officials say at least five people died as storms after overnight storms in western part of the state. Some of the damage may have been caused by two tornadoes with winds of up to 75 miles per hour. Police say a 21-year-old woman and two young girls ages one and three died last night after two vehicles collided head-on as it was raining. The governor has declared a state of emergency. Six years ago today, Hurricane Harvey made landfall along our state coast near Port Aransas as a Category 4 hurricane, and it brought devastating impacts. Now, the storm resulted in 88 deaths and more than $125 billion worth in damage. Now, Nick Bannon joining us now, and tell us a little bit more about these impacts, Nick. Well, despite the fact that it was a Category 4 hurricane, mm -hmm. you would think more wind problem, but it was really the rain and not the winds that caused the most problems with Harvey as the storm's forward movement dropped to just five miles per hour. Heavy rain bands continue to fall over the same areas again and again and again. The rain caused significant and widespread flooding and rainfall totals up to 56 inches over the course of just a few days. 90% of the rivers in southeast Texas reached flood stage as a result of the incredible rainfall. That name Harvey retired from the names list and replaced with Herald, which was the name storm that moved into South Texas just a few days ago. Outside right now, we're relatively quiet. We do have spotty showers at least falling in parts of the hill country. Some briefly heavy downpours in parts of Gillespie County. You've got some right over you in Granite Shoals between Granite Shoals and Kingsland and another cluster of spotty showers and brief downpours moving west southwest through Lampasas County. Not going to help the temperatures much, but you may get a brief dip in the heat right now. We're at 105 in Austin and most of us, if you're not getting rain, you're still in the triple digits uh, range. Chances, though, fairly low and will drop as we head into the evening. We'll be drying out tonight, getting down to 79. That would tie a record warm low. Coming up in first warning weather, an update to your weekend forecast. The heat and the rain chances will show you the wettest day looks to be Monday and some heat improvement after that. But first, a heads up. The Texas Power Grid operator is once again asking you to conserve energy this evening. The Electric Reliability Council of Texas says if you can, limit power until 9 tonight. Here's a look at the grid conditions now. You can see around 7 this evening, it starts to get pretty tight. All right, Nick, thank you very much. Well, after a historic day that ended with a mugshot of former President Donald Trump, GOP candidates are hitting the trail, making the case that they should be the next president. And meanwhile, the man who holds that title, President Joe Biden, is on the attack as well. NBC's Alice Barr explains why. At the end of a tumultuous week in American politics, Republican rivals are reacting to Donald Trump's mugshot seen round the world. I don't know that anyone in America should look at that and feel good about it. The candidates trying to refocus on the issues and ramp up campaign appearances. Following Wednesday's fiery Republican primary debate, President Biden looking to capitalize on a key debate night issue, launching a new ad targeting Republicans on abortion. The last People who should be involved are these guys. First of all, I'm the one that got rid of Roe v. Wade. Former President Trump out with his own launch of merchandise, selling mugshot t-shirts with the caption, Never Surrender, defiant after turning himself in and quickly bonding out in his fourth indictment, tied to election interference in Georgia. This is what 
has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. As almost all of the GOP candidates pledge to support Mr. Trump, even if he's convicted of a crime. I will pardon him of any federal crime of which I'm able to. Voters are preparing to have their say. No, I'm not turning against Trump. Um, the truth is going to come out. The end of his administration was un-American. A busy week previewing what's to come in the race for the White House. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And the former president and all 18 of his co-defendants have now met today's deadline to surrender in the Georgia case. They're set to begin initial court appearances the week of September 5th. Simone Biles is making yet another comeback, this time at the U.S. Championships, who she's up against for a spot on the Olympic team. And Friday Night Football is back. Noah Gross is live with a preview of tonight's game in Dripping Springs. Simone Biles is back in action as the senior woman, women take the floor at the Xfinity U.S. Gymnastics Championships in San Jose, California today. And it's the most decorated lineup of competitors ever as the women compete for positions on the Paris Olympics gymnastics team. It's the next step in her historic comeback, fresh off of her all-around win two weeks ago at the Core Hydration Classic. Biles is reminding people why she's the most decorated gymnast ever. But Biles isn't the only star at this year's championship. All around 2020 Olympic champion Sunny Lee as well as Olympic teammate and silver medalist Jordan Childs are also part of this powerhouse field. And don't forget we're less than a year out from the 2024 Paris Olympics and you'll be able to watch them right here on KXAN. Well coming up on NBC Nightly News the lasting legacy of one of the most watched sporting events ever. As the U.S. Open begins on Monday, players and fans will be marking the 50th anniversary of the Battle of the Sexes. In September of 1973, Billie Jean King served up a loss to Bobby Riggs in a battle with significance on and off the court. Tonight, King looks back on the pressure and the responsibility she felt with NBC News' Andrea Mitchell. What did you need to prove in that match 50 years ago for I knew women? The, well, I knew the match was much bigger than a tennis match. I knew it was about social change. So I think it did help change the hearts and minds of people to believe in women more. King and ahead, what King says men say to her about the legacy of her win. Record heat today in a few types of ways. At Camp Mabry, we broke the record high. 107 was the high, the previous record 105. We also uh, tied the record for the warmest morning low today. And at the airport, we broke the record as well, 107 versus the previous record of 104. Still plenty of heat to talk about, but also more rain in first warning weather. Well, we know it's hot outside, but despite the heat, it's time for football. High school action got underway last night, but today is the first full slate. And one of the biggest games is in our area is down in Dripping Springs, where we find our Noah Gross ahead of that big showdown. Noah. Hey guys, the speakers are absolutely blasting it. They kind of just lowered it and maybe they knew our, our live shot was coming. But what an exciting first game to kick off this 2023 first Friday between Dripping Springs and Vandergrift. We think about two of the quickest growing areas. Talk about their football teams as well. Last year, a perfect example. They played week one up at Vandergrift and Dripping Springs had that walk off field goal to win that one. Vandegrift did get revenge later in the season, late in the playoffs en route to that run to Arlington in the state championship. They won because of a late field goal against Dripping Springs. Now as they face for a third time here in about a calendar year, 
There's excitement. It's building. They both teams know how big this one is. I feel like we really set the standard last year for like who we are as a program almost. And so that's almost going to be expected from teams to follow from what we did last year. You know, you got a, a quality opponent, uh, you know, coming uh, game one. And, and so right off the bat, you better be ready to play. Um, what we're focused on right now is like making sure that we don't get away from what's got us here, which is hard-nosed Vandegrift-style football. We like to run the ball. We like to throw the ball deep, play action. We like to play physical defense. And as far as throwing the ball deep, Vandergriff will do that with their quarterback transfer. Deuce Adams coming in from New Braunfels, they commit to Louisville. Wasn't directly going to mention the weather, but it's just so ridiculous. On the KXN weather app, I think the feels like here was 104. But if you want a feels like from a human, I would say more like illegal, uncomfortable, not fun, anything like that. As soon as I get the all clear, this bucket hat's going back on. But for now, football tonight. We're excited about it. Full recap and highlights tonight at 10. We'll send it back to you. Oh my goodness. Is he accurate? There's a new category of feels like it's illegal, illegal. outside oh right goodness. now. Ridiculous. Well, <laughs> just get ready. There's more of that here this weekend, but some relief on the way as well. Let's take you out to Northwest Austin at the Palms Car Wash where we've got sunshine, a little bit of that Saharan dust making for a hazy sky and a little bit of a breeze out there as well. You can see the temperatures across the state incredibly hot. 105 in Austin now making for one of the hottest days of the year here today, but not the the hottest day still high pressure overhead, but it's not quite as strong as it was. So it is allowing some of these spotty showers and storms to pop up over the hill country. That high is going to move westward over the next several days and through the weekend, increasing our rain chances as we head into Sunday. And then a cool front comes in Monday into Tuesday, and those will bring the highest rain chances of the next week. And that high continues to weaken through the middle of next week, too. That's going to bring some cooler air our way and also some cooler nights. It's not just days. This is what we have out there right now. Spotty showers, not going to bring a lot of rain to any one place, but it'll wet the grass in a few spots and bring a brief little downpour. Spotty showers remain possible through the early evening. I expect by about 8, 9 o'clock, all of this is gone. Then we'll go with a mostly clear to partly cloudy sky the rest of the night. Then your Saturday will very much look like today. A lot of sun, few scattered clouds around, and then spotty showers start to form in the afternoon. I do think the hill country really has the best chance of rain tomorrow, but it's only at about a 10% rain chance. So fewer showers tomorrow than what we have here uh, happening right now today. Then these all dry up as we head into tomorrow night. So here sums up your weekend, 105 Saturday, 106 on Sunday. There's a 10% rain chance Saturday and a 20% rain chance on Sunday. Saturday's rain chances in the hill country, Sunday's rain chances just about anywhere. And this all leads up to the highest rain chances of the next week coming on Monday. That's now up to 60%. So you're more likely than not to get some rain on Monday. Still not a guarantee that everybody does. I've dropped the rain ch uh, chances on Tuesday because I think most of the rain is going to be out of the way after Monday night, but there could be a few lingering showers into Tuesday morning. Coming with that cold front that brings us the rain comes a temperature drop from 103 Monday to 98 on Tuesday. That, of course, is still hot and still above average, but at least those temperatures heading in the right direction. And while it's going to be humid or muggy the majority of the next few days, uh, that humidity does drop with that cool front here Tuesday into Wednesday. We'll be in the 
comfortable category, as comfortable as it's going to get with temperatures in the upper 90s. Look at our first warning weather seven day forecast. You'll see not just the temperature relief during the daytime, but after that cool front, those nighttime temperatures get a little cooler as well. 75 Wednesday morning, 73 Thursday and Friday morning, and that's probably going to mean some hill country numbers in the 60s here toward the middle and end of next week. Just for a brief time in the morning, though. Daytime highs do bounce back from being in the upper 90s on Tuesday to 100 on Wednesday, 101 Thursday, and 102 on Friday. All right, Nick, thank you. Tomorrow, KXAN is teaming up with Central Texas Animal Shelters for the 2023 Clear the Shelters campaign, and it's part of a nationwide pet adoption and donation campaign that's helped over 860,000 pets find homes across America since 2015. Now, during this event, you can adopt at a reduced fee or no fee at all. Participating Central Texas Animal Shelters include the Austin Animal Center, Austin Pets Alive, the Bastrop County Animal Shelter, and the Georgetown and Lamb Passes Animal Shelters. If you head over to the Austin Animal Center tomorrow, keep an eye out for a familiar face. Our Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans will be there to meet KXAN fans and help support that cause. If you'd like a full list of the Central Texas shelters participating in this campaign and tips on how you can help, just head over to KXAN.com and click on this story. Well, up next, Austin police need your help finding who's responsible for an Austin murder one year ago how you can help them.